Go for it. Friggin' what up, dude? Um, Strider Wilson, I'm the host of this podcast that's mine. Gonna be called History is Night. Friggin' what up, dude? Welcome back to an ep of History is Dank, dude. I'm your host, Strider Wilson. Just posted up right now, dude, in the studio. We're going to just pump out some vibes, dude. We got Aaron on the sticks, dude. What up, Aaron, dude? What up? Freaking chilling right now, dude. I mean, dude, you know what I rewatched recently? Was uh, Runaway Train with John Voight and friggin', um, who's the guy, Roberts, uh, Julia Roberts' brother? You mean Runaway Bride? No, 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 dude, dude. Eric Roberts? Eric Roberts. Runaway Train. Bro, this is a movie from like the 70s it's dude it's like comically shot it's like pretty bad but dude like what's the what's that dank ass train movie with denzel and my boy chris pine dude unstoppable see i love this dude just two guys dude trying to make something happen dude you know they've got tough marriages and they're heroes you know just the common man being a hero i love that type of shit this is about two guys who break out of prison and you're like all right we got a prison escape movie here we go cool oh curveball they get on a train that's unmanned. Boom. They're cruising. <laughs> Very f- Headed for destruction. And, dude, it, it's like, I think it's either late early 80s or late 70s. And, dude, this movie is so from a different era, dude. Whoever wrote this movie hates women, dude. Every woman is portrayed as, like, incompetent in this movie. I'm like, what is happening, dude? <laughs> it's unreal, dude. And then, dude, there's two of the worst actors I've ever seen in my life. Um, the guys who like play the um, dudes in the train, like headquarters, like looking at the tracks and switching things, like trying to, you know, solve the problem. Like the air traffic controllers. Exactly, exactly. The freaking the track train. controller dudes. It's two of the worst actors I've ever seen. But one of them, uh, his actually his performance actually isn't that bad. And it's the dude from um, I think Police Academy who does the voices. Michael Winslow. It might be. No, no, it's not Michael Winslow. He's in, fuck, he's in something else. He's in, but he's good. He's actually the only good, redeemable guy. And the other guy from um, fucking in the original Dune, which is terrible, who plays um, Baron Harkonnen, he's in it too. And he also plays like a schleppy, like railroad guy. And then, dude, the, the prison warden is so funny. He's so comically just an insane. He literally gives a guy a swirly. <laughs> he gives a character a swirly in the movie. It's unreal, dude. And John Voight. Is just a psychopath. His character's named Manny, and he just like is insane. And uh, oh yeah, it's um, 1985. Okay, Rebecca De Mornay's in it. That's good. yeah, she pops up. She's good. It looks like this is one of her earlier roles. T.K. Carter is probably the guy you're talking about. He. Yeah, what else is he in? He's the. Um, he's like the uh, custodian on the original Say by the Bell. Good morning, Miss Bliss. Okay, nice, nice. That's the only thing I really know him from. I recognize that guy. He's good. Another great ass movie that you got to watch. That's also comically, it has a comical villain. Is Passenger Fifty Seven? Danny Trejo's in it. Yeah, Danny Trejo's in it for a second. Tiny, he, he, tiny Lister, Tiny Zeus Lister. He's boxing against. Uh, he has a cameo, and he's he's boxing because um, what's his name? Fuck, dude, why am I blanking on his name? Roberts, Ed Roberts, er, Eric. Roberts. Eric Roberts' character is like a boxer in prison, and he's fighting Danny Trejo. Yeah, friggin' yeah, knocks yeah. out Danny Trejo, wow. dude. Great movie, dude. A prison break movie, let's go. And then an Unstoppable Train movie, I was like, let's go, dude. 
Like this movie could get remade. Definitely need some um, updates and stuff, but freaking dank. So <laughs> wow, it's it's a remake of a Kurosawa movie. Yeah, dude, I did see Kurosawa's credit on there. Yeah, based on the screenplay by Kurosawa's a beast. He's a beast, dude. It's a good. I'm telling you, story beats are all there. It's just, <laughs> it's so unbelievable, dude. Um, all right, dude. Today we're gonna be talking about the Magnitsky Act. Now I'm uh, thought of this, and we've we've I've brought this up before because this book that I read called Red Notice about this dude Bill Browder, who goes after the fall of the Berlin Berlin Wall goes in and sort of like opens up investing in Russia, right? Um, and then with what we've got going on now with the Ukraine situation being invaded by Russia, which is just like crazy. Um, and I was just thinking like, and I'm sure everyone has all these questions, like, why is this happening? How is this? I'm like, no one seems to want this besides like maybe Putin and his oligarchs. But even then I'm like, you know, and the problem is like Russia is like this kleptocracy, right? It's just run by dudes who want to gain for themselves and and sort of what Bill Browder finds out in his book is um in his like his accountant, this guy Sergei Magnitsky, who this act is named after and we'll get into, um he finds out that like this oligarch like takes basically gets a huge tax break, takes the investments from from Bill Browder like illegally, and then basically they just the, a lot of these oligarchs will take money from Russian assets and then just invest them internationally and basically take money out of the country and keep the population poor and um, just really basically stealing from the people. And so it's whack. Um, so I wanted to look up the Magnitsky Act, see like, okay, what what is there something that the U.S. can do besides, you know, overall sanctions? And I was listening to this great um, podcast called The Slavic Connection and they had this good interview with this dude, Vladimir Karamuza. And so a lot, I would say, go check that out. It's a good listen. My boy, freaking bro, Aiden sent me that. Dude, what up, Aiden, dude? Just posting up. It's his birthday recently, dude. Shout out to my freaking dank ass dog, Aiden, dude. Just posting up. Freaking fading Brogan, dude. What up, bro? Dude, would just shack bolt. Dude, dude forgot his piece at my house all the time, dude. And it was actually kind of sick, dude, because he'd be bouncing. He'd be like, dude, forgot my piece. Then we'd kick it for a little bit more. I'd be like, dude, sit down, dude. Let's crush another episode of South Park or whatever. He's like, all right, dude. I'll crush that before you knew it. We were eating lunch, dude. Just posting up, having English muffin, turkey sandos, dude. Hell yeah, dude. My freaking dank-ass dog, Aiden, dude. Um, he also had a sick-ass family where there was like a bro in his family that matched up for every one of bros in my family, dude. It's perfect, dude. Just freaking so kick. Some of the sickest keg parties back in the day. Some of the sickest poolside keg parties, Aaron. Remember getting my first buzz, dude, on BL Smooth out of the keggy, dude. Posting up at the pool, being like, dude, feeling a little light. My bro Gavin goes, you're buzzed. Immediately <laughs> brought it in for a five. <laughs> so sick, dude. That was so sick. Older bros just kind of watching out for the younger dudes. How many bruises you had? All right, dude. Cool, cool. You cruising? Okay, cool. All right, that's enough for you, little dude. It's enough for you, little dude. Hey, dude, clear the foam out of this cup. Clear the foam out of this, dude. Take a little wax from your nose, dude. Swirl it in the foam, dude. Helps it go down. Oh, dude, you never just pour it straight in, dude. You got to tilt the cup, just let it work around the edge, dude. You know what I'm saying, dude? Give it a few pumps before you start getting that brew out of that keg, dude. That sweet nectar, dude. Beautiful memories, dude. Beautiful freaking memories, dude. Getting buzzed, shooting bottle rockets at each other. So sweet, dude. Hooking up with no ladies. Other dudes were, though. Other dudes were. So sick, dude. 
Massive shout out to my dank dog, Aiden. Andy, if anything. you're like, uh, no one was hooking up with ladies. Other dudes, though. Yeah, for sure. Oh, other dudes for sure were. Dude, oh, no, no, I mean, other hooking up with other dudes. Sure. Oh, oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude. We're, we're two weird families, dude. One bro for every bro in the family. We all matched up, dude. <laughs> Hilarious, dude. Um, so freaking sick, dude. And, dude, they, the fact that my dank ass dog Aiden sent me this, it's exactly what is the beauty of this pod, dude. Sort of what it's intended for, dude. Just spreading dank knowledge you know dude not just sending a funny clip or you know talking about how sick con air is we're just which we do but we're just also being like dude update yourself on this situation dude educate yourself a little bit and you know what don't educate yourself let me help you out and all are fired up so dude con air prison break runaway plane movie dude that's one of the most genius realizations that anyone's ever had yeah that might be my favorite genre of movie. prison break then vehicular transportational issue <laughs> like we need is there a boat one probably i mean speed two yeah. cruise control does the guy break out of prison in speed two no he wants something i forget but speed two designed on live and a seaborn legend two knots three knots so sick dude so sick what a great introduction to they try to make Willem Dafoe interesting. He like puts leeches on his body as a villain. It was good. It stuck with me. Yeah. He's taking leech. You're like, this is a bad guy. Any dude who puts leeches on his body in the bathtub by himself on a cruise ship, uh, you know, I don't want to judge a book by its cover, but uh, definitely not babysitting my kids. Yeah. So, dude, you know, Aaron, and you're an educated guy. We're looking at the Ukraine. What? What? An invasion seemed to, just taking a historical look here, they don't really work out for the invading country ever. Like, And dude, case in point, the U.S., take a look in the mirror. Vietnam, Korea, I mean, Iraq, didn't find any chemical. Now it's kind of like eye-opening of like how the rest of the world like looks at us, a.k.a. the U.S., when we go into these countries, they're like, what are you doing? Yeah. So it's interesting. And I'm like, I don't think we were trying to conquer any of those countries. That's true. This is conquer. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but although is... we do set up regimes there, we do try sure, to put sure. people in power. Sure. Like low key style. But and basically we want to make them our allies. We're like, look, we're going to instill democracy there. Yeah. Uh, AKA plant a air force base. Exactly. So it is posturing and maybe like seeing Putin do this, but, um, you know, Saddam wasn't a good guy, and the leader of Ukraine seems to be a beast. Um, why am I blanking on his name right now? Um, Zelensky? Yeah, Zelensky. And I, and look, dude, all things comedy, bro. The guy was a former comedian, talk show host, did a series about becoming a politician, and then went on and got elected. I remember a few years ago, I like thought it was ironic, but people kind of actually liked him. And, dude, he's stepping up and being an absolute beast. Yeah. So, you know. Before we dive in, obviously, you know, we're with the Ukrainian people. <laughs> Before we dive in, I'm with the Russian invaders. I think what they're doing is uh, for the motherland, and may they increase the motherland. That's what's insane, dude, is Putin's freaking rhetoric and stuff is like, oh, denazification. And all this, and you're like, what? What? Yeah, bro. I'm like, their leader is a Jewish. <laughs> yeah. Like, in, in the Ukraine. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. So that's what, man, that makes me ask these questions. Like, well, how is this even happening but then you know 
And I put, I, I posit this question too. I literally have so many questions. Um, and I'm trying to understand and history can help us try to understand. Um, but you know, in, in 2015, I think he, Putin invaded the Crimean Peninsula, took that back. Obama didn't really do much. And they had this Magnitsky Act back then, um, which they could have used, but I don't believe they did. And then now, and made me think of it because, you know, Biden just uh, addressed, the, you know, did the State of the Union. And by the time this comes out, I'll say, it, you know, now sort of towards the top, things could develop and, and we'll see what happens. And hopefully nothing more atrocious than already has and the tragedy can stop. Um, so we'll see. But we'll focus in on the Magnitsky Act a little bit, but just kind of where we're operating recording was the State of the Union address was was last night, um, the 1st of March. And, you know, he, he's t taking um, Russia, like, out of SWIFT. And I, so I was like, what the hell SWIFT, dude? Um, I was like, what, who's Taylor Swift doing now? Did she used to date Putin, dude? And is she going to do an album <laughs> against him now, dude? Look out, bro. That's the biggest thing he could do, bro. Never mind sanctions. Just have Taylor Swift write an album about Putin. Look out, dude. Yeah, the dude. stock's going to go down. I'll never look at Jake Gyllenhaal the same way. I know, right? And, dude, yeah. that was years ago, bro. Yeah. And Gyllenhaal, dude. Edgelord or not Edgelord? I like that he's doing edgy roles, but is he actually edgy? I mean, he did Donnie Darko. I guess that's edgy. Like, who's the actual edgy actor? De Niro? I think he is. Taxi, Cape Fear. Cape Fear, hilarious movie again. I mean, he's committed. I don't know if he's edgy. This is Gyllenhaal, right? No, I'm talking about De Niro. They're both pretty committed. Yeah, but that does that alone make you edgy? I don't think so. Who's I an think, edgy actor? I think if you're edgy, you got to be a little bit insane. I mean the roles they take on, the performances, and then they can get it. Like, yeah, I think that, okay, Joaquin Phoenix is a little bit insane, I think. Yeah. Jared Leto, unfortunately. Yeah, see, you know, but you want to like, say Leto, but I'm like, get out of here, bro. Well, well, it doesn't necessarily mean they're your favorite. It's just like, well, he is edgy and yeah, yeah, he's yeah. out there and he's weird. Yeah. He was in a band, which actually they're pretty good. 30 yeah, Seconds to Mars like is pretty band, sick. Yeah. But uh, I'm a De Niro guy. Who else does great edgy I just, roles? As a human being, I don't think De Niro is edgy at all. I think he's like... No, no, no. I think he's, campus. yeah, he like owns Nobu. He's like chill. I'm saying performance wise. Yeah. Um, I mean, Pesci for sure. Love me some Pesci. Yeah, dude, he's so good, dude. <laughs> so good. Probably fucking Adam Driver, dude. Oh, dude, you know what? As of late, I would say Pattinson, even though he does mainstream stuff, like the stuff he's done with the Safdie brothers, Uncle Jobs, is <laughs> really, uh, <laughs> he does a great job. Um, so this Swift is basically like, it's a Belgium thing that was invented by the National Bank of Belgium, and it basically keeps track of transactions over international financial institutions, 11,000 of them. And so by blocking Russian accounts from SWIFT, it's basically you're not taking money, but you're saying you're, no, you're not going to be able to keep track of what's going on with it. So just kind of putting them in a blind spot. And then according to this dude um, who I mentioned earlier that did this great interview, uh, Vladimir Karamurza, He's like, look, sanctions punish the masses for the transgressions of the minority. Like we mentioned, it's a kleptocracy. It's Putin and his buddies. I'm just saying buddies kind of colloquially, but these oligarchs doing what they want. You know, and that asshole from Chechnya, who's a huge piece of shit, um, the Russian there who like tracks down gay dude, or he's not Russian, he's Chechen, Chechen and he like, uh, Razman Kadyrov, dude. Uh, we'll get into more about him in a little bit, but this guy's got to go down. Um, 
and I mean just mean put out, I'm not condoning violence, but I mean maybe go down by use of the Magnitsky Act, which, let me just get into it now because I've mentioned it sometimes, and you're probably like, Strider, just fucking tell us, dude. All right, here we go, dude. No more teases, dude. No more edgelording, you guys, dude. <laughs> um, so November 12th, almost unanimous approval, and how could it not be, um, which is tough to do in Congress, but this Magnitsky Act gets passed almost unanimously, and it's named after Sergei Magnitsky, and his story is... Um, while detained in, in a Russian prison, Magnitsky was treated with a complete lack of humanity and decency, as determined by the European Court of Human Rights, looking back upon it. Magnitsky was kept in severely overcrowded facilities whose cells were in, quote, deplorable sanitary conditions. The court held the officer subject to him, uh, subjected him to inhumane and degrading treatment, um, and they would often uh, use uh, punishment on him, like actual physical beatings. And on insufficient grounds, I mean, I don't know, in this law, we have, what is it, the Fifth Amendment in this country, so I don't know what's going on over in Russia, but um, but it's all this happened in Russia, and you're sitting over here in the United States, and you're watching these guys do this, um, and you're like, what's going on? And, and then you're asking, why is so, this probably happens to tons of people like Mednitsky, right? But why does his case stick out, and how come this act was finally made after um, him? And so he passes, passed away tragically on November 16th, 2009. He was denied medical care. He needed it. And he was working for this guy, Bill Browder, who I mentioned in this, this great book, Red Notice, which I would recommend picking up. Um, so all sorts of fire content wrecks for you guys right now. Um, and he was, Magnitsky was a tax lawyer uh, and auditor in Russia. And he documented rampant tax fraud and other corruption by individuals associated with the Russian government because Bill Browder was, you know, he had a huge, huge hedge fund, like billions of dollars hedge fund, I think like 25 billion or something like that. So he was dealing with major players there. Um, and the Russian in, in Browder opens up with a great parable where there's a story where it's like, um, and I'm going to paraphrase it. I've shared it on a, a past podcast, but this sort of gets into the sentiment of why, because Browder was making money and he was making oligarchs money and stuff and, and his investors money, international investors money. Um, and then, you know, the Russian officials got word of this and realized what he was doing, caught on. They're like, they got greedy. They're like, we want this and let's get, let's get Browder out of here. And, uh, his tax lawyer that now is auditing us is finding out we're doing this. Well, let's throw him in prison on and say that he's evading taxes and he didn't properly pay him. And, um, and he gets beaten and imprisoned and denied medical care for tax fraud, Look, which he wasn't guilty of. I mean, even if you are guilty of that, I don't think you should be beaten for tax fraud. Uh, eh, yeah. It's like, uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah. you know, Bezos always paying taxes. I'd kind of like to see him get a little thumping. Yeah, maybe a little punch in the arm. Maybe like, yeah, maybe like Dwayne Johnson needs to come in there and just pin him or something like that, you know, and the public or something. Just... But just a but, real life people's elbow. That's or, all I'm asking. That would be nice. Just one people's elbow. And then afterwards, one. yeah, that's it. medical treatment. Of course. Let them get healed. Of course. You know, we're not animals. No. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, but there's like a parable where it's like uh, this guy and in, in Russia, there's like a old parable where uh, a genie grants this guy a wish. And he says, you get one wish, but remember that whatever you wish for, your neighbor will get two of. So the guy wishes for the genie to take his eye. He goes, take my eye. So that literally everyone else around him is blind and he has one eye and still is able to rule. 
So he's like, that's the sentiment of Russian investing. You have to realize that. So wow. it's just pure, take someone out. If I've got to lose a little bit, you're going down. And just me trying to realize like what sort of decision making is going on by Putin, by these all, I'm like, it makes no sense. They're invading this country. It's terrible. China's not backing them. The Hungarian dude's not backing them. I mean, how can you? How can you come out and be like, I'm for this? <laughs> it's like, you know, and these things go on unknowingly, you know, and, and I hate conspiracy spirit theory stuff. I mean, I innately will disbelieve any conspiracy theory. You better have real hard evidence. And every conspiracy theorist is like, dude, I looked on the online forums. They were right. There was going to be a... Uh, there was going to be a, a pandemic in, in 2020 and look, look what happened. And I'm like, okay, well, how much were they wrong about 99% of everything else? Like, nah, dude, it's not a good hit rate for me, dude. I'm not buying. Um, but anyway, back to, to Magnitsky's story and it's a tragic one. And he's, he's locked up, treated horrendously, denied human rights, um, passes away. He's survived by a wife, and two daughters, um, and then Bill Browder is like, well, what the fuck, dude? Like, this is horrendous. And he had a relationship with this guy. And you read the book, dude, I, I, I cried when reading this book, man. I, and dude, I work out, you know, I, I, I <laughs> and I did. And so, dude, and you, and you can't not. And that's why this act was unanimously passed. Because you're like, when you realize what these guys do, these oligarchs, how they steal, how they mistreat people, how they completely deny anybody, how... It's all just so blatantly illegal and insane. Um, Browder's like, we have to be able to do something about this. And so he goes to John McCain. And this is taking place like right after 2009, 2010. So it takes a few years for the bill to get passed, like for the act to get passed, like I mentioned in 2012. Um, and Browder, you know, he's a wealthy dude and he's able to pull some strings and but he doesn't know people on Capitol Hill and he uses connections and, you know, waits in the office and, you know, sits there and, uh, he's very determined and, and finally gets a meeting with, with McCain and McCain listens to the story and he goes, how can I not help you? And McCain, it would be one of, of anyone to really uh, empathize with Magnitsky's horrendous situation um, and tragic end because McCain was in the Hanoi Hilton. You look at his shoulders, dude. He was tortured. He knows. Uh, dude, I actually went to the Hanoi Hilton and it's interesting to see the um, just the tour there and the signs they have posted because it's very obviously pro Vietnamese. And, uh, they just showed like, there was this big thing with like the American pilots being captured, one of which was McCain. And then they have this thing where like for basically propaganda and, and all of the era from like the, when was this probably early seventies? Uh, like, look at the American pilots, how well they're being fed, eating pineapples. And then you, like, look at the pilots in the photo. Dude, they all look super malnourished. You're just like, yeah, dude, who's this fooling? Yeah. You know? And even with this battle that we have going on now, there's been stuff that's coming out, like propaganda and false stories and, and, and stuff. And um, it's tough in the age of the internet to sort of s sift through all of it and know what's real. But, you know, you got to do some hours and... and and it's just tough. It's just tough to, to go through it and, and realize that both sides are trying to tell their own narrative. Um, but I don't think there's any question that the Ukrainians are uh, on the right side of it. They're being invaded. Yeah. Um, and so I was looking at Magnitsky and I'm like, okay, well, what do you, this Magnitsky act, what can the U.S. do? Maybe you send some armaments. I think Biden did say they're sending over some 
sort of air, air defense systems and armor systems for soldiers, uh, as are the British and Germany even did that as well. And this is all like stuff that like on the European continent after World War II, like NATO treaty, like none of this has gone down since World War II. This is the biggest state-on-state invasion since uh, World War II on the, on the European continent. And yeah, it's just insane. It's an insane era and it's a huge moment. So how could we not cover it right now? Because we're, we're literally looking at, at history and a tragic piece of it. Um, and I was like, well, I remember this book and listening to this interview, this podcast that my dad asked, bro, Aiden sent me. I was like, dude, and, and they keep mentioning the Magnitsky Act. And I'm like, dude, you could do this because it, it was um, basically set up for Russia in 2012. But then um, there became the Global Magnitsky Act later on, I believe 2019. And um, you so basically in any country, the executive branch, the president can say this dude, like I mentioned, who's that douche from um, Chech- Chechnya? Ramazan Kadyrov. Okay, we want to block his accounts. The Magnitsky Act legalizes that. And then, you know, the State Department and the Treasury can go through, use their resources, and find whatever assets. Basically, in 2012, it would have been only U.S. assets. But now with the Global Magnitsky Act and other countries are ratifying it, um, they will, can work together and be like, okay, there's assets in Sweden. You always hear about like a Swiss bank account with villains. Well, any villain like who wants a Swiss bank account transferred, the Magnitsky Act would enable because it's always like jurisdiction right that's why they're like i want this into a routed bank in swiss switzerland so you can't touch the money well with the magnitsky act the police will be like all right cool we'll send it to switzerland and then we'll come and get you later so that's basically what this enables is just basically a global freezing of assets um you know liquid and otherwise um you know some dude's yacht is docked outside of you know fucking um what's the freaking place where they do the formula one racing Monaco. Monaco. Yeah. Well, we can go there and seize that yacht, which is great. And it's better than sanctions because you're not punishing the little man for something that, you know, the, the big guys are, are responsible for. And I'm, I only mean that financially. We will seize that yacht. And yeah. We'll play rock on it. And it will be yacht rock. Yacht rock. You know, I'm all for progress. Yacht rock, maybe not the best genre. <laughs> It's not. <laughs> Might be just superior to elevator music and yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's really, uh, you hear it in a dentist's office for sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I remember I talked about this. No techno at the dentist. No techno at car dealerships. Techno at laser tag. Techno at clubs. Yacht rock. I mean, if you're on a yacht, but I'm here, put on reggae, bro. Yeah. Reggae is that music that you hear and you go, yeah, I like Yacht this. rock is like just, just to the side of smooth jazz yes dude freaking i used to carpool in middle school with troy dude troy's mom dude i don't remember her name i honestly don't remember their last name oh it was thompson mrs thompson dude freaking troy troy thompson's mom is thompson dude bro i hated carpooling so bad with them because she would work out in the morning and so she smelled bad dude after her workout (laughs) and would get in with her workout and i was the oldest so i sat shotgun and then on top of that bro she listened to smooth jazz. She loved that jazz. And I was like, dude, get me the fuck out of this car, dude. And it would be like too aggressive to roll down the window in the morning. Like sometimes I would. She'd be like, you feel okay? I'm like, no. uh, yeah, I'm fine, but no. But then, dude, other mom that we carpool with, dude, 
And look, dude, this is middle school me, dude. Little freaking Pervasoid, dude. Miss Bunty, dude. <laughs> Let's go, dude. <laughs> Let's go, dude. Oh, Miss Bunty's driving. It's a Friday. <laughs> Let's go, dude. We don't even need to stop for snacks on the way home, dude. I'm already fired up, dude. My mom was always stopping for snacks in carpool, dude. All the other kids were stoked. My mom, in and out. Let's cruise. She'd be like, all right, got you guys. It's a Wednesday. <laughs> My mom's just a total, total chiller like that. The best, dude. Other carpool moms, dude, take a hint. Fucking drop her, get some snacks, dude. Scotty's mom never got snacks. Fucking whack, dude. Come on, Donna. Anyway, dude. Um, Magnitsky Act has been used seldomly. The power's there, and according to this guy um, from this great interview, uh, Vladimir Karamurza, He's like, look, we have this tool, but it's not really used that often. Guys are kind of hesitant to use it, but it is powerful, and maybe we'll be seeing it used um, in the news. So keep your eye on that. It just sort of made me, you know, with the stress and anxiety of what's going on and trying to understand and what the hell, and maybe trying to keep dudes from getting into conspiracy theories, just be like, look, there are things set up that we can use. I don't know if they are going to use this, but it's a tool that can be used. And it fires me up, and it was created, and, you know, trying to find some sort of stoke um, and silver lining in tragic situations. Sergei Magnitsky's situation was horrendous, and but you know he did not die in vain, and something good came out of of his um, of what horrible thing happened to him. And you know maybe the fact that this thing exists, it can help save lives and keep less boots from going on the ground and um, help people, you know, because if there's no motive for these oligarchs to go in there and steal assets and be enabled by Western countries to invest their stolen assets from the Russian public in Western nations, we're enabling at that point. No, we need to freeze those assets, targeted freezing, you know, not overall sweeping sanctions would be pretty dank in my opinion. Um, and also I'm like looking back and I'm like, are you fired up? I know soldiers follow orders, but they have like conscription in the Russian military. And, you know, I've watched a shit ton of war movies. Look, I'm no expert of what I'm talking about here. I'm, I'm doing the research, trying to figure it out, dude. I'm an enthusiast, trying to impart some dank ass knowledge like my boy Aiden did to me. And, but I'm watching a lot of sick ass war movies. You always have, there's always a hierarchy, like in the platoon or whatever. You always have your um, commissioned officers, right? And then you have your NCOs, your non-commissioned officers, who's like a sergeant. And it's always like a grizzled sergeant with experience. And you always have your CO, your lieutenant, or fresh out of the academy. Then you have like the captain who's understanding, who's commissioned, but, you know, has experience. And, and he's always listening to the sergeant who has battle experience. And it's kind of all, and then they're distributing the orders like that. And then, you know, you have a relationship among the, the privates and stuff that are always fun. You know, a dude writing home to his lady, another guy who's wily, another dude who's, you know, the academic, all that type of shit. Um, and then you think, okay, what was the Russian version of that look like? And my freaking dank ass bro, Chris, Chris Parr sent a sick ass article that I was checking out. And he's like, you know, you have conscription. So there's a morale issue here. And then the morale's definitely on the side of the Ukraines. They're defending themselves. What's more dangerous than a man with his back against the wall? And maybe an entire nation of them, ladies included, what up? And you have basically your commissioned officer becomes just someone who's in the academy for more time. Not necessarily combat experience, not necessarily. And then you have your um, your NCOs who are 
just have a little bit more experience of training, maybe like a year. And I guess like according to this article I read, if you ask anybody like a year is probably what it takes to become sufficient in like rifling and stuff. And you'll be like a solid private at that point, <clears throat> but not really a order delegator at that point. So I think there's just, um, the system is a little bit flawed because it's, because you have <clears throat> conscription going on and, and, and dudes fighting a war that seems to be based on Putin's personal agenda and him wanting to take, you know, his, his scary rhetoric of getting back Soviet era lands. And, you know, in economics, they say there's a margin and now maybe we've met that margin. And, and if you're Putin, you look back at Crimea, you go, okay, well, I took that. Okay. I've done these things. Okay. I'm making billions. Okay. Like, do you think Aaron, I was talking to JT about, do you think Aaron, that Putin views himself as a good guy or a bad guy? Or do you think he knows he's a bad guy? Uh, yeah, I think we, I think the three of us talked about this too. I don't think he has any moral judgment about himself. I don't think he even thinks about it. Like kind of sociopathic. He's just like, yeah. I deserve this. That's why, that's kind of what I was thinking. I'm like, yeah. like, but then again, they hide stuff. They're sneaky. They probably know how other people would perceive stuff. Yeah. But, does, but then doesn't that mean that they have to be able to, but I guess we all lie to ourselves the most. Honest introspection is tough. And he's just definitely doesn't probably do that. He's probably not listening to his therapist. Yeah. I think that's safe to say. Anyway, dude, I wanted to also finish up before, but so that, that just letting you guys know how dank the Magnitsky Act is and that um, a few other things that I looked into and just seeing how like, okay, well, how are the Russian people feeling, right? Then I remembered, remember these, there's this e these events called the winter protests and you might know that because remember the band Pussy Riot? Yeah. And like they were detained and stuff. You had basically... They say that Russia is a democracy and there is, um, quote, opposing parties. But like in order for there to be opposition, you have to have like proper de democratic um, ongoings, which in Russia, you don't. You have Putin's regime and then like false, um, you know, you have people like there was a um, this guy. He's a politician and actually um, a very forward thinking dude, Boris Nemetsov. And do you know who that is, Aaron? Mm -mm. Dude, so I didn't know this either. So he was um, a leader of a, and he's very anti-Putin, was very anti-Putin, an outspoken critic of Vladimir Putin, um, and leader of the, what was his party? Um, let's see. I'll think of it in a little bit. I don't remember the name of the party. But anyways, what you need to realize is that he had like an opposing party to Vladimir Putin. And he was assassinated yeah. in 2015. Yeah. February 27th. Was he the, uh, was he the like umbrella guy? Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And he was spoken out against him. Um, he was, had a Ukrainian partner, Anna Dertska, who was, um, walking with him on a bridge near the Kremlin in Moscow where four shots were fired into his back. Um, and he expressed even before, he goes, Putin's going to have me killed. And this is why you can't blame anybody and why Pussy Riot's so badass. And the and these winter protests that I'm speaking of are so badass because, um, dude, the state will like literally kill you. Like you. Like there's people who could have these feelings and be like, yeah, dude, of course, 
I don't support Putin. But if you say that, dude, you're going to get jailed. <laughs> yeah. Boris Nemetsov, smart guy. Dude, like, you would figure he's, he's a public figure. You figure he's safe. Nope. Assassinated, dude. And, you know, there's no proof or anything that it was Putin. There's theories that this is where I brought in this guy, Ramazan Kedarov, that he was the one who, put, you know, working with Putin, signed in on it. And, you know, they captured some Chechen dudes acting alone. And um, in any case, Putin's evolved because he spreads hysteria and hate and creates these things. But it's like, you know, it, it's not never been proven. So I do have to say that, but it's like, come on. Um, and and it's sad to see, dude, because it's basically a, a totalitarian. I don't think that's any news to anyone. But I just didn't realize it, dude, that that there was this because you you so often hear and it's so broad sweeping and i want to guess basically drive this point home where you're like oh dude russia versus us or like even soviet era it's like dude the russian people were suffering more than maybe anyone during that like they're not in support of these leaders you know what i mean and 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 luckily in the united states we have this system set up where every four years we get a revolution we get a a it's built into our system, this turnover of government, or it will continue for four more. And then that's why, and on paper, Russia's set up like that, but it's not like that. And you've had, when Putin came on the scene, he's been the only leader there. It'd be like being stuck with, you know, I mean, well, you know. I think he, I think he hit like his two terms or something and he was out. And then they got, they elected another guy who was basically just his puppet. And then while that guy was in office, they're like, yeah, no more term limits. And then Putin came back. Exactly. And I think that's maybe what they were doing because there's like this thing called the Russian Duma and like that's what they did. They The Duma is kind of like their house. There's like the Gas Duma and then like the upper house. And I think that's what the winter protests because they're like, you guys just passed this bill and it's whack and getting him back in power. And they would put up billboards like Putin leave. And that's just case in point. Aaron, thank you for bringing that up. Like perfect example of like, it's all manipulated. And it's like any dictatorship like when the election quote election results come back it's always a sweeping victory putin and then you look at like the people in the streets protesting and you're like no that's not the case and part of these winter protests and it's like dude negative it's like negative five degrees fahrenheit when people are out there protesting like dude they're out there in the cold being like you know actions speak louder than words and then putin would bus in people dude he'd bus in workers from different provinces they'd show up and uh then journalists would go up and be like do you really support putin and, and they're like, why are you here? And they're like, well, my work said I had to come here, so I came here. And then they'd go, but but I do support Putin. But you like could tell from these journalists that they would say that because they're scared. They have their document numbers, their work. They know exactly who's there. So they can literally find out who got off that bus from whatever, wherever they were working, arrest you, go off your family. Like, yeah. So you'd be like, why do these people get on these buses and go in? Dude, it's different than here. It's not... It's scary, bro. So I, I can't say anything bad about someone who, who doesn't outwardly speak out against Putin because they'll get you. Yeah. And those that do, good on you. Um, which was a sick rhyme by me right there. So it's just crazy, dude. Um, check out the those winter protests. I, I think and just, you know, you know, who can predict the future, dude? I'm not freaking Brostradamus over here. But... People are scared. Is this the step towards World War III? Is this equivalent to invading Poland? I feel like the appeasement has to stop. We're already sending arms 
we do have this Magnitsky Act, which we can use, which might even deter these, um, you know, Putin and his pals from doing what they're doing. Um, if the incentive's not there, maybe they won't. Ego is what you have to be afraid of, and that's definitely at play um, with Putin. Uh, and but I think there there will be a, a revolution in Russia, and I think you hear, and according to this interview from Vladimir Karamuza, which I which I really liked, and I'll say it again. He said that things happen quick in Russia and almost overnight. And he's like, he's like, because didn't it seem like in in Putin's lying all the time? And he's like, Western powers keep trying to deal with him. He's like, we need to stop. Like, we just need to realize he lies and is going to do what he wants. And hopefully that's not a violent thing to do that. Hopefully Magnitsky Act can do that or other things. Um, but the violence has started. Putin chose that. And... But he's like, dude, you know, revolution happens quick and, and change comes quick. And he goes back to the 1991 Democratic Revolution in Russia. And he's like, that was good. He goes, but it happened so fast. There wasn't anything set up. And and it was tough for people to scramble. And he's like, that's why he's like right now and being ready. And he, he's like, that's why it's so tragic that Boris Nemtsov was murdered because he could have maybe stepped in and been a figure of of, of how to, um, you know, get Russia on a more, um, I guess, what's the right word uh, more free trajectory mm-hmm. i guess um so just kind of crazy dude in a really good one but uh just nuts what's going on so wanted to try to bring that up to speed because i had no no idea what the hell was going on dude um and it's gnarly and, and there's a lot of disinformation um but hell yeah dude aaron what are your thoughts dude? um i mean obviously uh, You're a big Putin guy. You love him. No, 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 no. <laughs> no I, I, I fully support Ukraine defending themselves. And I, uh, you know, if it comes to it, we got to, as a coalition of the NATO, of NATO, we have to go in there. I mean, it's unfortunate, right. but it's like, you can't let a dude just, just do this. Yeah, I mean, you can't appease. You can maybe get it to the root and hopefully nothing gets crazy. It's just wild. Um, all right, dude, let's take a question and bone out, dude. Want a little, keep this one high and tight today. Um, wants to remain anonymous here. Um, let's see. The most sanctimonious surveyor of Stoke and Stevie Wonder of the Sticks. What up, dude? That's to you, Aaron. Strider, what up? Just want to start off by saying I'm a massive fan and get fired up, uh, fired up every Tuesday when I wake up and see a new History's Dank app pop up in my YT feed. What up, dude? Watching on YouTube. Hell yeah, what up, dude? Pods available everywhere, by the way, dude. YouTube, what up? Also, check out the Patreon. What up, dude? Anyways, I come before the guard, the Grand Council of Dankness, for some advice. I'm a 24-year-old grad student. Shout out to your DF. An employee of the same school I graduated with my undergraduate at. During my time in college, I became great friends with who I believe to be my Khaleesi. Keeping it pretty long story short, we've been great friends for many years, but she has moved uh, a couple of states away. We talk every day through this, through all the socials and all that kind of shit. And each week we talk on the phone or FaceTime for over an hour. As summer is coming around, a lot of uh, our mutual friends are starting to get married and she will be up in my area a couple times for a few days in July. I have liked her pretty much for the first time I met her from the first time I met her, but she always has had the same schmoll boyfriend, but is currently single. We were trying to find the best time for me to come down and see her in California, but that is probably going to be after my friend's weddings are all over in after September. 
Should I uh, just play it cool and just hope that we connect when we are in person again? I really like her, but don't want to blow up my friendship with her if she isn't in the same place. You feel? I don't want to have this guilt and shame that I never ended up telling her how I genuinely feel either. Uh, I look forward to hearing your takes. Legends remaining anonymous. Bro, you liked her from the first moment you ever met her. She finally ditched the schmoll-ass boyfriend. You've got these weddings coming up. You go see her, dude. Yeah. You go see her, bro. Damon. Well, gotta go see about a girl. Yeah. Let me be your Affleck. Go. When if you if I come to this door and you're gone, no goodbye, no nothing, I'll fucking love you for it, dude. But if I come here and pick you up here every day drinking beers with me and my brother, wasting away your future, if I had half what you had, I'd be fucking gone. Get the fuck out there, go see about this girl. Go to California. Okay, hammer out some fucking push-ups, hammer out some fucking sit-ups, and go to California, though. He's got to go, Aaron. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, there's no way that. I mean, you know her better than I do, obviously, listener. But uh, there's no way she's just the type of person who talks to some dude an hour a week. Yeah, bro. And isn't, it isn't interested. Like, you I'm know. not talking to someone an hour a week, dude. Yeah. On yeah. Facetime, what am I, an animal? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, I don't even talk to my family that yeah, much. Exactly. Exactly. So, Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. So she's she's into it. She's available. Go for it, man. 100%, bro. You go out there, and I'm thinking even you can get a little bit grand romantic with this gesture. Show up with some motherfucking flowers. You know, you can plan it ahead. You know, they don't catch people off guard. They got their schedules or whatever, but just be like, I'm coming out. And then you let her know how you feel. Enough of this scared to lose the friendship stuff. Guess what, dude? The friendship can't last if you've got the feelings like this. Yeah. It's already going to be, it's already skewed. You know what I mean? So yeah. go out there, be honest, tell her how you feel. And hopefully you guys are making the love by this time next week. Get on that flight, bro. I don't want to hear about this. Oh, but scheduling her. Oh, but the wedding. Guess what? Dude, you could have some sick ass wedding dates, but also don't lock her into every single wedding date, dude. Sometimes it can become a lot if you got too many. You know what I mean? But it also could be fun. If you guys have mutual friends, hell yeah. But, you know, if it's another one, be like, hey, I don't have the plus one yet, you know. And then let her know, don't feel bad about that. Oh, but we weren't dating at the time. I don't have the plus one. I could ask. But also at the same time, let me just save you, dude. Look, weddings are sick and they're fun as hell, but you don't need to go to every single one together, dude. Maybe that's just I'm a little jaded, been in a relationship a long time, and we got so many weddings coming up. I'm like, look, you don't have to come to this one. We both know this person. All right, we're going. I only know this person. Do you want to come? No? Okay, cool. And guess what? I also just saved that couple ahead and they can invite someone else. Now they can invite a weird cousin that they haven't seen in a while and maybe can tell them about NFTs or some shit. <laughs> so, you know, we're doing everyone favors. But go for it, bro. I love that, dude. We're finally ending on a positive note. That's a freaking love note. Get on that plane, dude. That's a rom-com. Listen to freaking yeah. Cranberries, do dude. The opposite oh, of Air Force that. One. And get on that plane. Yes, exactly. You break out of your own prison that you are keeping yourself in with logistics and scheduling and then get on that plane and then hopefully it is not hijacked by prisoners. I love that, dude. This is a rom-com waiting to happen. I'm fired up now. I'm stoked. Um, question, comment, suggestions, let me know. I mean, maybe the thread will be hot on YouTube with this. It's a, it's a present situation. I haven't done something like this before. Try to bring myself up to education. Really want to focus on that Magnitsky Act. Obviously, there's a lot of events going on and nuance that I don't understand and many don't. And it's still evolving. And, um, you know, my boy Carlin said this, the people of the era understand the era the least because we're so close to it. 
So we'll understand this more in a decade or in more time. Um, other than that, dude, stay stoked, stay safe. Questions, comments, suggestions, try to Wilson shreds at gmail.com. Check out the Patreon. Um, going to be posting quick dank facts there and maybe doing another AMA live. Um, right. Sick as hell, dude. Let